Rated, the podcast where we willingly watch the world's worst rated movies. And in today's episode, we delve into the next film on IMDb's bottom 100 list, welcoming a brand new special guest. Um, for any new listeners, my name's Daisy, and as always, I'm joined by podcast co-creator and co-host Claire. How are you doing? Hello, I'm all right for once. This is a positive Claire episode because I've just eaten Great. and I'm happy. Yay! Feed me before uh, the episodes, that's what we're learning. I'm like a grandma. I love it. I feel like the energy has shifted because I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm we can't better. have both of us low. One of us is low, no, one of us is high. Today I'm high. Much, it's too much energy in one go, but I've yeah. I've I've had a few days at the beginning of the year off from work and I've made the right decision. <laughs> so I can ease back into my year with a really, really short week. So at least I'm looking forward to that. Huzzah. So today we have joining us uh, writer, director, comedian, and my personal favourite Dark Knight cast impressionist, Stuart Laws. Stuart, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you very much for having me. No, the pleasure is all ours. Mm -hmm. So we haven't mentioned what what film we're doing today. We like to ask our guest what film we're discussing as it was your choice. Um, And maybe you could tell us a little bit about your relationship with the film and why you chose to talk about it today. So we are talking today about S. Darko, <laughs> uh, the the uh, unofficial sequel to Donnie Darko, completely disowned by Richard Kelly, the <laughs> writer, director, creator of Donnie Darko. And uh, uh, the reason I wanted to, I, I think it came in that sort of time when I was just buying every single DVD that I could, like a stupid level. And seeing that come out, and I was like, you know what? It is going to be awful, I thought. But I love Donnie Darko so much. Then it would be remiss of me to not be a completist of the Darko franchise expanded universe. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because I, did, I didn't look too far into it, but we might be able to explore a bit later. But there is some rumblings about a third. So oh. that could be happening at some point. Um, she probably preface this by saying um this is yet another one of our episodes where time has not been on our side and in the time of scheduling and deciding to do this episode the film has fallen off the top of the bottom 100 list but that doesn't mean it won't go back yeah yeah (laughs) so we're keeping an open mind it you know we were playing with fire it was actually originally number 99 so it was always just like (laughs) teetering on the edge but you know if if i what i say is if you've ever been on the bottom 100 list, you're an honorary member. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Perhaps that. there's some way that we could find some sort of porthole or wormhole, <laughs> mm-hmm. loop mm-hmm. back to when S. Darko was on the bottom 100. Yeah. And then yes, everything and... will be fine again. Yeah. This movie's got a 3.6 out of 10 um, on IMDb, which doesn't seem as bad it's as some good. of the ones that we have done before, which obviously reflects the fact that it was quite low on the list. This is the um, godfather of the list. <laughs> if there wow. was a godfather, it would be this. That's, that is probably the best pull quote they would ever have <laughs> yeah. for any bottom 100 film. They're going to re-release it just for that poster. It's the Godfather. 100%. Yeah, and just like, you know, like on the Legend poster where they had a two-star review in the middle and they looked like they were hiding it behind the two Tom Hardys, they'll do that and just have it, like, skewed by by S. Darko. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm not sure how much you guys know um, about the other stuff that the the cast and crew have done. This is directed by Chris Fisher, which I found out is um, mainly known for being a producer on Person of Interest, which I haven't seen. But he um, did also direct some some TV episodes of, um, 
can't remember what it was called now. Um, but I might go back to that. Um, <laughs> but it was written by Nate Atkins, who you'll never guess was the writer of Netflix Christmas Universe Beginner, A Christmas Prince. Can wow. you believe? <laughs> Can I've you watched, believe? I've watched all of those films. I'm glad that he's got better at his writing, which will be a hint of what I thought of this film. And for me, that feels like two very different ends of the scale of of dubious writing. But mm. that's just me. I haven't seen Christmas Prince. I'm just painting it with the same they, Netflix Christmas brush as the fairness, Princess Switch and all of that stuff. They're both films aimed at women with a vaguely universal-esque white woman in the main role that you can just put your own personality on so there's like a there's like a limit there's like a limit to it it's like a yeah it's got a box it's family in there it's happy it's safe it's comfortable (laughs) which is the one that ends with like a bakery contest that's the princess switch Mm. which which i'm sorry i'm bringing this back up i got annoyed about it on twitter at christmas so in the first princess Switch (laughs) movie they watch a christmas prince they put yes. Netflix yes. on and they pick a movie and they watch Christmas Prince. But mm. in the second Princess Switch, the characters from A Christmas Prince are in the movie. So So is it a documentary mm. in this world? I'm or do they curious. just not how to do a cinematic universe yet and not need to make some notes? Curious, curious. <gasps> they're, do- no, they're in different... Though. There's a multiverse, isn't there? There's they? a multiverse, yeah. Through. yeah. <laughs> they're who the happens. Christmas Prince film was based on. Yeah. They yeah. didn't, nobody saw the portals that they came through to mm-hmm. get to the mm-hmm. wedding. It's very <laughs> simple, Claire. Just Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot Keep about the me. time loops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It all makes sense. I mean, it makes a lot more sense than this film does, but we'll get <laughs> on to that. So it stars Davy Chase, which we'll know from the original Donnie Darko. She was um, the younger sister. I watched the whole movie without realising that and only found that out this morning when I was doing some more research. I don't... How how did you manage that? I just thought she was some random chick that they got on to be in the film. They mentioned... Oh, you mean like the actress? The actress, yeah. Oh, I knew that... That's like, I was going to say, I was like, how did you manage that? Because that's like the only thing that does actually but make The name sense. is literally S. Darko, of course. That's what I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I should give you more credit. Give you more credit. Thank you. Did you know, though, that she was also the voice of Lilo in Lilo and Stitch? I, oh. I knew this. I, we've got another one found on here. Because I <laughs> Being am a mastermind subject. A huge fan of Lilo and Stitch, and I've also mm-hmm. seen Spirit Away in the dubbed version. Obviously, uh, yes. we'll watch the subtitled version first, but the thing I saw in the cinema was the dubbed version, and she does the voice of that as well. Oh, good for her. And she's Samara in the Ring, personal favourite yeah. of mine. So she oh. was a great she was a great child star. I don't know if she's done anything sort of since. I think that's her most <laughs> Don't look into that. I looked into that. Is it porn? No, she's just done, she's gotten into some trouble. Oh. Sounds like she's had she's she's had a bit of a rough one. Oh dear. Uh, oh, it's like child stars. It's like we'll get her in the Lindsay Lohan ability rehabilitation train. Yeah, <laughs> Lindsay's exactly. going to Netflix. She can get to Netflix too. <laughs> this is also like like our podcast masquerades as a Lindsay Lohan fan podcast. Yeah, I think I haven't brought her up in like five episodes. You haven't. I'm really proud. Yeah, I'm saving it. I'm um, saving it for the Netflix film. Sure. I don't, what are you planning on that being in the bottom 100 straight away then <laughs> no i'm just planning on like from october through to december just only, only being pure lindsay lohan content 
That's it. I'm sorry. I'll make the note in the schedule. <laughs> I don't know if anyone, either of you, recognise anyone else in the cast. We have Brianna. I did. It was like top. It was top hits of like teen boy heartthrobs. Mm. Like as someone who's watched all the teen dramas, I was like, I know him. I know him. I know him. Yeah. And then yep, James Step Apathy, up from One Tree Hill, Ed Westwick from Gossip Girl. Like those other three cast members are just like a time capsule mm-hmm. of mm. like teen noughties pop culture. Um, so it was interesting to see to see them. I, I did look at see Ed Westwood and go, oh god, what are we getting in for now? Because yeah. he's been in a lot of trouble too. Um, yeah. But uh, also Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah, oh, who yeah, has had her fair share of weirdness. Yeah, um, so it's a uh, cast 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 cast. <laughs> I can't even say that as a tongue twister. Um, so just a quick um, rundown on the synopsis of the film, and then we can just, I think we should just get straight into it, spoilers, what we all thought about it. Um, and then maybe what we'll do is, Claire, maybe we'll kick off and see if you um, had any relationship to the film. I mm-hmm. didn't. I've only watched Dumb and Darker, so it'd be interesting to see what you were thinking and then and then what you thought when we kicked right. off. But for those who don't know, S. Darko is set seven years after the events of the original film, Donnie Darko, from 2001. Um, and his sister, Samantha Darko, um, is beset by sleepwalking, hallucinations, and apparent time travel as she tries to unravel a small town's mysteries. That's really vague, but I also don't think there's any better way to explain what happens in this film. <laughs> so, spoilers ahead. If you want to watch it, you don't want anything spoiled, head off now, give it a watch. I would watch Donnie Darko too, just, you know, maybe afterwards, just a cleansing of the soul. Um, but as I say, I haven't seen this before and haven't felt the need to. Um, but I'm glad that I did because it made my love for Donnie Darko even stronger. <laughs> But Claire, did you have any relationship with this film at all beforehand? No, I didn't know it existed until we looked at the list. Um, uh-huh. I had it completely passed me by. Um, it came out in, what, 2009? Um, mm-hmm. That was peak uni time. I think I was quite drunk most of the time. Um, so wasn't wasn't bothering. When I looked into it, I spotted Jason Lafferty, who, you know... Is it Jason Lafferty? I think it's yeah. Jason Lafferty. Oh, James, James. 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 I was like, I'm saying it wrong. It doesn't sound right. I spotted James Lafferty... And I'm a One Tree Hill diehard stan, but he was the absolute worst actor in One Tree Hill, bless him. He he was the weakest of the bunch. So when I saw he had a lead role in this, I thought, oh, oh no, this is a, this <laughs> is a mark. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is a mark of the calibre. Um, I was a fan of Ed Westwick until the allegations. He was, mm-hmm. they they were thrown out or not proven guilty. Everyone gets into court. <laughs> yeah. So less of that, the better. Um, and then, yeah, I liked the girl from Step Up 2, but I've never seen her in anything else. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realise the main girl was the same kid from the movie. So As we have discussed. Very, yes. very open mind going into this. I rewatched yeah. Tony Darko last year, the first time in a couple of years. Still enjoy it. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much as I loved it when I was 14. I thought I was super deep. Um, and was kind of hopeful this and the hopes and then were met. You watched the film. <laughs> watched the film. <laughs> That's what we're always so hopeful on this podcast, and it burns us every time. Not every time, but most of the time. Um, Stuart, as you're our guest, do you want to kick us off in what you what you thought about the film on this rewatch? I was so hopeful. I thought, you know what, the artwork for it and the graphic mm. design of mm. it is like this is going to be good it's going to be like a weird contemplative sort of rumination on loss and grief and growing up and 
dealing with all these sorts of things for Donnie Darko's sister, younger sister. And um, then it started in the opening crawl, the text that explains, gets everyone up to speed who hasn't seen Donnie Darko. And if you're watching this and you haven't seen Donnie Darko, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Don't you find, and I'm sure I've stolen this from someone else that tweeted it a while ago, I think this is 100% stolen, but when you see a movie that starts with scrolling text, you it's just a mark of what kind of film you're walking into. If a film yeah, needs yeah. to give you yeah. multiple paragraphs before it starts, you're not going to have a great time. Yeah, I can just imagine there are some people where they watch those films, as soon as that comes up, they go, nah. It's like outright, like, no, if you need to tell me rather than show me or even put it in the dialogue. Like, Park, Palpatine uh, lives. Well, don't even ban, it's banned. Um, but no, like I can forgive maybe like a few sentences, but this was a full on novel at the mm. beginning here. And it was um, it was sixth form level like creative writing. But what mm. was the font even? Wasn't it that like really swirly? Because I had to pause the mm. DVD. Yeah, it, was like, it was hard to read. like that was sixteen year old girl, first time on Microsoft Word. <laughs> <laughs> We tend to judge people by their fonts quite a lot on this podcast. It's we become do. a little bit of like font of the film. Or... We've not had any papyrus films yet. So... I, I'm sorry, it's exactly what I was thinking of the Ryan Gosling sketch. <laughs> yeah. away, Mate, that sketch is so that. good. That, that is 10 times better, 20 times better than this film. Yeah. Than any film on our list, probably. Than any film on our list. Any film on our list. So, when, so, so we've got past the. The, the scroll of information that we have to yeah. read like a terms and conditions level <laughs> this is bad this is a yeah. bad start but let's let's go with it then it comes mm -hmm. to uh a mimicry of the opening shot of donnie darko but this time samantha darko is waking up somewhere weird but noticeably far just looks worse and i didn't know whether that was because it's a dv a standard definition dvd blown up on my tv to, and looking bigger or it just it i think it was shot on the, red i think it was shot yeah. on digital and it just looked like that early sort of digital shooting where they hadn't quite got to grips with how to make it look right so it's like the, mm. the sky sort of looked blown out a little bit and it was like it, it didn't look beautiful like Started on and it could Darko. have easily looked stunning those yeah. opening scenes but i've been watching a lot of films of around this era recently and i've noticed that there seemed to be something about this era i do think it was intentional with this film but they all seem to be kind of silver toned like a lot of films in this time period just have a weird silver tone and i think this one is because it's you know sci-fi and cool but mm. i'm just like what happened to normal natural colors <laughs> it will come well, back around in like how the whole 90s aesthetic thing is a thing now and you well, can like this film was meant to be set in the 90s and i've never seen a less 90s looking film in my entire yeah. life yeah like yeah. even like all the clothes and the hairstyles and everything were so 2000s um mm -hmm. but yeah Who was so their it... wardrobe designer i think that, that to be fair i think if we're gonna start picking on anyone <laughs> people to come for <laughs> wardrobe designing you know um but i don't know about anyone else but for me um I was on board at first. I was on board at first. I was like, okay, let's let's see what it throws at me because I'm, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want an easy film here. I want something that's going to make me think. Mm. And it made me think, but then I kept thinking and I couldn't <laughs> process it. And then I was like, should I be thinking this much? Or does this just not make any sense? And I think for me, 
as a sort of summary about how I'm feeling about this is that it was trying to say something, but what it was saying didn't mean anything. So I'm like, okay, I see what you're getting at, but like it has no weight to it like the original does. And it's all very surface level. I don't know if anyone else agrees with that. Yeah, 100%. Mm. It, it, like, it, I, didn't, I didn't for one second feel like she was grieving. Mm-mm. No, it was really strange. And even when, okay, straight up, I've always said spoilers, but even when she dies mm. <laughs> really early on in the film, I was like, okay, I love Oh, I could. Um, that that was the point at which it piqued my interest. I was like, interestingly, yeah. called our main character. I was like, this yeah, could go one of two always, ways. I was like, I'm on the ride now. I'm, I'm here, and then it, it gave that up did on that. make me sit up. I won't lie. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is not what I expected. But the way that they, no one re- reacted to her death. It was no. very, very strange. Like her and her friend are meant to have run away together and be on this road trip together, and they seem to have no friendship whatsoever, like mm. at all. Yeah, I wrote down, why is her friend so mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, if it, it, if, give her a reason. She can be mean. I don't mind. But just, I don't know why she is. And I don't understand why me. no one was bothered that Lilo was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not what understand? Lilo? Stitch would have cared. Stitch would have yeah. cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just in a different portal. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like we were saying, like, Samantha gets killed off sort of within the first, I don't know, I wasn't really looking at the time, maybe like 20, 20, 30, 40 minutes in. And that does make you sit up because up until that point, it's so meandering and very team melodrama without the, any, any melodrama. Drama. Yeah. It yeah. also made me sit up because I was trying to figure out how the hell she died because she's hit by a car, but I was like, there was no car in that road. And I rewound it three times to be like, where did the car come from? And then later on in the movie, you find out the car came from out space. It was like, that yeah. was not clear like whatsoever. The jet, you, like the engine in the yeah, original. They just clearly had no special effects or stunt budget. And they just went, she's walking, she did. And I was like, what is We're going to really rely on the audience to make the connection here. Because the yeah. thing is as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't... It it just feels like a very, very, very extremely pale, to the point it's translucent, comparison, like repeat of Donnie Darko. They so, just tried to take the best bits of that and got, but because they don't have the original director kind of just gone, have no reason for it. They've just done it and gone, cool, that mm-hmm. solves that problem. And now let's move on. I don't even think it's just a director though. I genuinely think it's the writer that's the problem. Because Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. The, but I think it's both. Um, but like for me, Donnie Darko, I do love, but I also stand by the fact that that film doesn't make sense. And there's a lot of us yeah. going around being like, yeah, we Direct, understand Donnie Darko direct, and we're direct, so cool. I didn't understand it until I watched the director's yeah. cut. But anyway, you know. Coincidentally, shows you lots of text to yeah. explain. <laughs> but anyway, the thing about Donnie Darko is even when the plot gets a bit silly or confusing or anything like that, you care so much about Donnie as a character that his presence and his character can gloss over. You don't need yeah. to understand. Yeah. You, can, yeah. you can just go on the ride of him and fill in the gaps later or with a rewatch or with a director's cut. Not mm-hmm. a single character in this film has a personality. They are all completely... I keep saying this on this show, but they're all 2D cutouts. They are paper thin. There's no it's character. So and just, so They didn't act like people. No. They acted like stand-ins saying yeah. the lines mm-hmm. for them to get the shot. Yeah. And for me, yeah, as you, as I said, for me, it's that after the death really got to me. So I was like, how are these people not grieving? Like, I, that was your friend. And I don't know about you, but there was just, I know it's meant to not 
you know, they've, they've run away and they, these girls have run away and it's not really clear why. And that's fine. We don't need all the answers. They go to this town because their car's broken down and they sort of make kind of friends with the local sort of younger guy who tries to help them with their car. But there's no sense of time passing. There's no sense of people doing their normal routines. It's all just in a dream. Like, and that might be on purpose. It's meant to be like even reality felt very dreamlike. <laughs> So I read or listened to somewhere where they were like, they said it on the 4th of July for that reason, to mimic where the first one was set at Halloween and you had that kind of timelessness. Fine. People they put it on the 4th of July weekend, yeah, so it's like a holiday weekend, so you wouldn't know. But it wasn't obvious. And like, there's certain like points. That. Like, empty, at one point, the cold, guy... Yeah, the guy comes to her door and was like, oh, you've been here for two days, you owe your money. And I was like, haven't you been here for, like, five days? Like, I'm Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. I'm confused about how long or not long. Like, her friends died, so I feel like they've been there for at least two days. Well, something that I saw, and again, half-assed internet research to steal from the rewatchables. I love um, it, but you've you've digged up stuff that, like, we wouldn't know, so please spill. So, apparently Patrick Swayze was meant to reprise his role in the film from the first Mm -hmm. film, but it was when he was sick and then he passed away, so he wasn't able... I think he passed away after the film came out, but he was too sick to be in it. And Mm. I do wonder if maybe in the original script they went to that town to confront him, because he was a paedophile in the first film, right? Mm. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if that was part of her reason to go there, was to confront this paedophile that, like, gave her a mission and then was taken away. And then when you lose him... I guess the entire film just creates in on itself because you've now like, got no purpose. Where's the story? Yeah, yeah. What are they? What is the? I, I I would like to ask the the writer what was your purpose for wanting to tell this story because it's really not clear. He um, just really likes Johnny Darko. I think that's yeah. what it is, right? <laughs> they, it's just that's, they said that they said they saw that they oh, were looking to right. make a sequel and they really liked Johnny Darko, so they wanted to make the sequel. It's really no weird that they. Like, <laughs> just lift so many elements from Donnie Darko that they go, okay, we're going to have a sort of creepy sort of like, um, you know, in this one, like the priest figure mm-hmm. and like hints of like this web of stuff going under, you know, people within this small town that there's something a bit more insidious going mm-hmm. on and all of mm-hmm. these things. So like similar villains, mm-hmm. the exact same <laughs> countdown to the end of the world. Yeah. But then they just changed such weird elements because I felt like Donnie earned the right the the chance to time travel mm-hmm. in in that and made that choice to do it for love. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, characters just randomly time travel. Yeah, and... like just because she's related to her brother, but then also her friend. Well, because I That's got like, confused yeah. as well. I was like, is Samantha Donnie or is Samantha Frank? Or is she both? Because it yeah. seemed to well, not yeah. know which kind of... I if we're going to copy actually, the film, I like half of the time it. she's Donnie, but half the time she's Frank. And yeah, like she dies and then her friend goes back in time. But then her friend dies. And I'm like, is there any logic for why they both have to die? Because yeah. in Donnie, it kind of makes sense because she would have never died if she never met him. So he yeah. goes back so that he they could never meet. But yeah. in this film, she's hit by a car because they have an argument. So it's like, bitch, just don't have the argument. Like, exactly. Or just say, just say right in that moment, oh, don't, uh, don't. Just drive. wait a minute. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just hold on. <laughs> hold on. Just, I, I, I couldn't figure out why either or both or someone had to die. Yeah, and that's what's sort of beautiful about Donnie Darko is is this inevitability of what meeting this this girl and falling in love with her and. Then pursuing it, he knows that 
that it's doomed Mm -hmm. and he has to make that choice out of love and there is absolutely nothing even close to that even between the two girls and this could have been this could have been a lovely story about like you say all of that grief stuff which it just goes oh no i'm sad because my brother died and it pulled my family apart okay well let's explore that no okay um but it could have been about the family that they then make and her and that girl could have had the most beautiful friendship and then they could have mm. been you know intrinsically linked that they can't live without each other but they can't live with each other like they could have had a real volatile it's just like no one of them's the quiet mousy one and one of them's the slutty bitch and we're in 2009 so they're the only female archetypes we can have <laughs> but they did have like a little cute catchphrase about how they were perfect and immaculate and yeah i hated that i loved it <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh the bitches, there you go again. The little cute and naughty. Like, I hated that um, there was like a, a pretty dress makeover. And I, damn it, I do like a pretty dress makeover. Wait, listen, makeover. listen. This dress though, I, have I liked something it. To I say liked about it. The dress. Are you going to say it looks, looks like, like loads of condoms? And I and I I thought <laughs> that before I read other people write about it. And isn't that the sexiest thing ever? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, and when she says. When she's outside the store. <laughs> when she's outside, the, it's like a PR stunt for Jurex. I, anyway. <laughs> I um, I'm gonna write that on the list for work. And just like, just in case <laughs> become a client. Are they? Sorry, could I just ask a question about these gondoms? Are they um, entrance pointing upwards? So if it rains, they'll all just fill up. Oh yeah, looks like it's- it. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can't. Maybe. You can't use them now because by taking it off, you're going to damage the structure of it. So they're actually useless. It's just a trap to get a man to make you pregnant. <sighs> Again, There's 2009 so many, female you know women. There's so much, many more layers to this dress than this film. Speaking of the dress, though, I think my favourite exchange of dialogue um, in this film, when she wanted the dress, her friend had died. This is Samantha. So this is she's 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 back. She's mm-hmm. we're in this other parallel universe or whatever. I don't. I'm not going to try and explain what I think this film is about. There's no point. But we're in this point where her she's come back and her friends died again. Whatever. She's outside and she and Ed Westwick's character is the reason that the girl died because he was drinking while she was driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he goes up to her and then she he's like, "I'm sorry for your loss. Is there anything I can do?" And she says, "Bring my friend back." And he goes. I can't do that. And she goes, so buy me that dress. And he goes, I can't afford that. And it's just the weirdest exchange of dialogue. As if like, she says it with like, there's a way that dialogue can be said that's a bit like, well, she's clearly just being spiteful Mm -hmm. and saying, well, if you can't do that, buy me that. But the way she says it with the same level of want. Mm -hmm. She says And I would have said, like, I would have been like, oh, maybe she's not a very good actress. Maybe Johnny Darko was the first film she's been in. But if she did the voice of Lilo, Lilo is so emotive. And I know you're getting all the animation, but, like, the voice work in Lilo and Stitch is beautiful. It's just clearly she has the range. Maybe it was the direction. Maybe they Mm. wanted her to be very disjointed and this film well, I do think there's an element of that because yeah she Donnie was always disconnected and like loopy yeah so I think with her mm. they made her disconnected and like disjointed and like detached from everyone but in she a is way. a Donnie no. she's his sister and she is a different character who wasn't going through the same thing that he was in the first one so why all of a sudden is it this because I was reading reading as well like how did she get the book from the first one and all of this and it's like you haven't, this isn't a continuation, this is a copy, because you're not thinking yeah. about her as his little sister, like you said, Stuart, like, 
this could be an amazing vehicle to explore grief and loss and regret and wanting to change time and love. Why is it like, I know they couldn't get Jake Gyllenhaal, but why is there not something that reflects that in a way? But no, it's like, let's just get whoever from the original cast wants to come back. They now have this power. Let's double down because this is Donnie Darko too. And we can get (laughs) both of these people doing these things. Uh, That's just what what it felt like, to be honest. Yeah, it's like they they got too obsessed with the uh, the rabbit, the Frank mask, mm-hmm. and the wormhole, like the mm. the time travelly elements. Yeah. Were actually wibbly wobbly time thing. Yeah, the wibbly wobbly time. Jeremy <laughs> Demi. <worms. laughs> um, yeah. That they could have just literally made a film about what it's uh, that hints at maybe uh, you know wanting to time travel or wanting to change the past but not actually being able to and not sort of comprehending and that all these things that you can bring up with grief and mental health would have been so interesting to her to be obsessed like she knows donny time travel somehow she's so and is desperate to find out that would have been so interesting especially seven years later after you know this could we could have looked at how it's completely plagued her life and how she's let it take over and that would be interesting the way she's acting in this mm. would have felt very like that goes hand in hand with this sort of like disconnection with yeah. reality and all of this stuff that maybe she tries to do like lucid dreaming. So she still has these dreams where she thinks yeah. she's time traveling, but she can't actually do it. Speaking of the dream sequences, um, <laughs> they were pretty shit, weren't they? <laughs> it looks, it looks, so, and I, don't, I think so that cheap. might have been the digital filmmaking i don't think so just, oh, oh like yeah i don't think it's, it's it aged badly it i think it just was always bad yes mm. yeah, yeah yeah i just I, I i think maybe they hadn't worked out how to light for digital mm. cameras right, at that point yeah, because it just looks cheap and, especially yeah. in those dream sequences and the effects are so cheap as well like the feather and also why a feather what the fuck is a feather got to do with anything yeah What's happened there? Was it like a, maybe it's a Forrest Gump sequel? <laughs> well, and she puts her hands in the TV, like in the ring, so it's a sequel to that as well. Sequel yeah. to everything. Seeing that they were doing little Easter eggs before we even before we even craved for them. Like, Head of their that. time. Ahead I just finished watching time. Endgame, and there was portals on that, and they were obviously inspired by this film. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, I've heard of, I heard an interview, and they said, you know, you should really watch this film, S Darko. Apparently, it's related to this film, Donnie. I don't know. I've not seen that one, but this one. DD2. I was, I was trying to think, though, would this film be good if you didn't know what Donnie Darker was? Like, if no. you just went in and watched no, this film. No. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you. No. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Because okay. yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. This is the thing with sequels, though. I I always personally tr- like have trouble saying, is this a good film on its own? Should it be judged mm. as a good uh, as a film on its own? Because a sequel really is a continuation of the story, so you should at least know what happened in the first so one. I watched Scream Four again today as well, and but Scream Two would be a better example of this. I think they are yes. good standalone films anyway. They mean so yes. much more and they are better when you see mm. the previous and ones. They, but yeah, they so work they completely independently. But I could they, happily watch them. What they do well is exposition in an engaging way. Yeah. So they tell, they remind us what happened with Sydney and they do all of this and it's done in a very smart, concise way. Yeah. This could easily have done that. Like, you know, Easy. you could have just said, 
that happened and then but oh sorry i forgot it's all done in the opening text yeah no they told us Daisy. very very concise Can no I, notes That's i want to bring up my biggest confusing plot point because uh, this one just really irks me because i don't know what happened in the end and maybe i just stopped paying attention so there's this ed wistwick ed wistwick's brother has gone missing and we're not yes. sure if he's died gone missing yeah, run away being kidnapped so in one version of it, we don't... So the first version is when Samantha dies, and we he's not in it. The second version, Samantha doesn't die, and then they find him. They figure out where he's being kept, and they find him, or they find his body? They find, find his, his body. body. So they find him dead, and it's clear that he's being kidnapped and held captive and left to die. But yeah. then when they go back and Samantha doesn't die, they just mm-hmm. never mention him again. He so gets into the montage... He gets into yeah. a montage where he's in a cage. So yeah. Like, so I think it's he just died? He's get, just dead. Doesn't he just doesn't get found? But they said, then why is he even in it? I genuinely, yeah, it's the exact like in Donnie Darko. He Frank leads him to uncover loads of different things, which he then has to make the choice to oh, never yeah. ever get discovered. But in Starko, she <laughs> she finds his dead body and then. When it goes back. So, like, it's not like that's one thing that could be undone. She could just tell someone. Travel. Yeah. Yeah, that's really bizarre. I think by that point, I'd mentally checked out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. I think great, I'd forgotten I about him. And then he appears in the montage, and I was like, wait, wait, are we just leaving that kid to die then? What the fuck? Yeah, it's like if anything, you know, we've got this ability to time travel and make changes. And yet, not too much seems to change by the end. <laughs> Really? Which, yeah, a Gulf War veteran with PTSD gets killed. Mm-hmm. The uh, Jeremy, is it that um, the best? I can't remember what oh, the best friend's called. Dismisses yeah. as gay. Yeah, because of his name, um, obviously, He's such a gay who, name. Who God. turns super rapey, but also maybe is an alien. I got confused yeah. at one point. I was like, wait, hang on. Is oh, the Tesseract. We haven't spoken about the Tesseract. The tesseract <laughs> My word. Yeah, yeah Marvel just... definitely watched this. Marvel definitely watched this. I mean, when did Iron yeah. Man came out? Iron Man came out 2008 or 2009? 2008. Oh, so Iron Man predates this, but clearly they were like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Tesseract in that though, I don't know. They changed no. the course of everything after. They changed after. the course, yeah. Darko came out because <laughs> the Tesseract turns up in Thor, which was two thousand and eleven. See, you—the problem is—is is that you know too much for my jokes to be funny. <laughs> because you will tell me it's fine. I just it. like to ruin everyone's enjoyment. I'm the Debbie Downer normally. I like—I make no. every joke unfunny. No, um, this film is the Debbie Downer. Let's be honest. But yeah, um, I was very confused about who he was. I was like, wait, who's this guy? Like, you've cast three identical-looking brunette men, mm. like. Which one's What is which? this, The Departed? <laughs> I told you my story of my friend who an hour into The Departed turned very quietly to me and went, wait, are they not the same person? And she'd watched an hour of the movie thinking oh, that Damien and Leonardo DiCaprio were one person. For me, it was the older white men that threw me yes. off. That's, that's, that's no, she she thought, and I was like, how does the film make sense? She's like, oh, I thought like some of it might be in the past and some of it was in the future. I was like, oh, well, yay. Well, if she struggled with that, <laughs> don't let her watch this. Yeah. She won't get it. But yeah, so there's three random, basic brunette white men who just see two white women and go, yes, they will be ours. Because, you know, what else to do in a small town? But then this yep. guy who they decide is gay because his gay name 
suddenly in one of the, I think the third version of reality, buys her the dress and takes her to look at meteors, but then gets super rapey and accidentally kills her for like the second or third time by throwing yeah. her against a rock, which I was like, I don't know if you'd die that quickly, but also seems to have like all these purple welts. And I was like, wait, we're getting aliens. Like, I was so baffled. So yeah, I wondered whether or not we'd got a symbiote, symbiote mm-hmm. sort of come in. So that's mm-hmm. more Marvel yeah, sort Venom. of stuff. <laughs> Imagine if that just <laughs> come up at the end. Venom will return. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it all started. Oh, God. It's just... So, I've I, I, Dark has a Marvel movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's canon. It's after Kevin, Captain, yeah. after no, Captain Marvel. Marvel. After Captain Marvel, but before Iron Man. Yeah. Cool. Got um, if you're watching chronological of when the films happened, yeah. that's how you watch it. So cool. these tesseracts, that's what has affected him, right? Because he took the yeah, he touched he some remnants all... of this meteor. Yeah. And... But it was like, yeah, oh, why are you adding introducing... that in? Yeah, why add it that in of all the things you're going to add in? If you're going to copy so slavishly and then just be like, oh, and there's a meteor that he's touched and it's got alien powers. And like what? They, and? they add it in and? in the third version of the story that we've already played through now three times. Yes, yeah. and then so he kills her, and then he runs away, and then a Rack Jack and Ed Westbrook's character kind of just find her, and despite having never shared any screen time in the film, just can talk to each other without speaking, and decide they need to take her body and somehow save her, <laughs> and then a Rack Jack's going to somehow turn back time, despite not knowing how to turn back time, oh, and yeah. Ed Westbrook's just like, yeah, cool, go for it, mate, totally on board. Like Donnie goes on a massive journey that leads oh. to him understanding how time travel works mm-hmm. and choo- making that active decision whereas this is just like there's like a little cave and they can go in and they just and that's how time travel works what <laughs> what Honestly, i wanted to read out a few notes that i'd written down um because i think they per- i, I they're the only things that i have to say um because I, I i don't have anything you know actually purposeful to add to this conversation other than um what's the story and what's the point um it's a mystery but i don't care um (laughs) what the fuck this is bizarre i don't get it so yeah yeah, that could have been about any anything that could have been about anything i wish i'd done like a running commentary and put like a runtime next to it or something but yeah like i say the main thing for me other than not really understanding what the fuck was going on um was the was this weird tone to every scene where it's Mm. as if the previous scene hadn't happened yeah. It was yeah. very. It was very the room, except the room I enjoy. <laughs> this this stunk to me of a one and done type film. You know, we just do the one take. Mm. It's fine, and it didn't seem to have a whole lot of care or options. I would imagine that the editors pieced together what they had versus what they wanted. Yeah. Even like the the like replicated shots of the girls grieving each other's death i was like you got to give us more than that surely mm-hmm. like even if you weren't even if you displayed grief in a really detached disconnected way they, you can see that that was just them standing and doing things i I'm sorry like if home and away and neighbors can make me cry because someone's grieving <laughs> this film could have done better home and away and neighbors get grief really well maybe they should Maybe they should watch that. Um, yeah, I mean, just maybe so on, watch. You want a soap version of Starco? No, I'm just saying, if a if a daytime neighbour soap that filmed five episodes a week can make me feel have some more emotion. 
in the 20 episodes between adverts for Lidl and Pets at Home or whatever the hell, <laughs> then why could this film that costs like four million to make not make me feel anything? It made you feel anger. Is that not something in this day and age? Actually, I just wrote bored. I did. It didn't um, make me feel anger in the moment. I just wrote, I'm quite bored. I think that's that's <laughs> for me. It was that thing of I just I. If you're if the plot isn't gonna like for example something like Tenet, right? I don't know what's going on. But I love Daisy, it. Don't it's bring fun. that film up. Don't bring that film up in my just home. Just let me. Just <laughs> let me have the floor. I enjoyed it. One second. Oh, I, I, I don't care. Oh, no. I don't care what other people think <laughs> about what I think about Tenet. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? But I am loving this ride because I'm whatever. I don't care how much I pick up. It's enjoyable to me. But this, mm. I'm like. Okay, so I have no idea what's going on, and at this point, I don't care. That's <laughs> what you want from films, really, is it? Yeah, and I will give the, the stunts and tenant were fab. Like, the, the action sequences, well done. Oh, well done, Oh, team. it's so kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Christopher Nolan has been waiting for that crumb. He's just like, when will she say something nice? <laughs> well, actually, my review... the podcast, like, finally, guys, <laughs> He's finally said something. Yeah. <laughs> My oh, review of Tenet was actually surprisingly positive because I did not like the film. Well, I'm going to read it afterwards and see if that's true. It really does. Um, the other question that I had was, I think we like briefly touched on the fact that they have the the bunny mask in this. Mm. Like he, Erect Jack makes it. How is that possible? Because that was the costume. It wasn't the person. So, How can costume translate into this did you version read, of events? Did you read about the promotions they did for the film? Um, I skimmed. So yes. they did these videos where they had like things falling from the sky. And when mm-hmm. they fell from the sky, they left marks on the ground that looked like the bunny mask. So mm-hmm. I think the implication was that the bunny mask is maybe from space or from another dimension and that anything of that shape is maybe from another dimension. Stuart, you're rules. shaking your head. Is that because I'm wrong or because you're disgusted? Oh, no, no, I think I'm just disgusted. <laughs> that yeah. sort of, <laughs> Do you want it to check? Uh, retconning. <laughs> well, that's is... specific to Donnie. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's Donnie's story, which then didn't exist because of the choice he made. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. when she pulled the feather out. I was like, oh, is the feather going to be thing. her thing? And then the feather yeah. never came back. The feather just was there to look pretty and weird and glowing and then never came back. But it's the same with Forrest Gump, right? It's there at the start and then you don't, <laughs> you don't get that feather again. Um, yeah, I, I really, really hate rules that exist so anything can happen. Mm. <laughs> They're Hang like, on. oh, but there's a rule for that. And I'm like, but the rule means there are no rules. It's just, mm. I don't know. I don't know. But that's... Um, any other thoughts? Because at the moment, I it's just did, confusion. I've forgotten her name already. But the girl from Saved by the Bell. Elizabeth oh, Berkeley. She, Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah. What, what was she doing in this film? Yeah, absolutely what? didn't explore. Absolutely struck of a storyline cut or trimmed down. And she was so aggressive. Just, yeah. like, there's one point where someone said, she's like, Oh no! It was when she started talking about how hot God was. That was a bit that made me uncomfortable. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. I feel God with his abs and his hair, and I feel his fire in me. And his lightning bolts. Yes, his lightning. But was it lightning bolt nipples or eyes? I don't even know. (laughs) I think someone should draw the replication of what she thinks God or Jesus looks like. I think we'd all fuck that God. I absolutely (laughs) sounds. I would. But yeah, no, she was obviously involved in the Billy 
stuff. Yeah, I got the impression that she was the paedophile, really. That the priest was just a bit of an old lech, but she was the creepy, I'm going to murder children. I was under the impression they were working together. It wouldn't surprise me if they were working together, but she seemed more like the mastermind. That's quite progressive, I guess, for 2009 (laughs) to have a female paedophile. (laughs) We love to see it. (laughs) You know, it's good to have representation, isn't it? Oh, no. But yeah, too often paedophiles are men on on screen. And what does that mean for you know <laughs> representation and diversity? <laughs> um, the bracelet she had the key on it or mm. something, and then she lost it, and then she replaced it. And you're right, I think it's so much more of that would have made more sense if perhaps there was more to her story. I wonder if the script is available online somewhere because there's a lot of talk about first second third drafts mm-hmm. of scripts including things so if you originally got the original character from the first on the sparkle motion guy and she would that was who she was buddied up with then it would have made loads of sense because then they would have been mm. in this weird peter power together but then when they had to retcon that character out to just making him a generic priest the storyline just didn't make sense and wasn't giving enough screen time and why why just do something the same again do something else why oh, my theory with uh, elizabeth berkeley's character so um showgirls was released september 22nd 1995 mm-hmm. right. so two months after the events of starco oh <laughs> is it oh. in the universe i think she has like a situation after this where she goes you know what i need to turn my life around i shouldn't i should stop being a pedophile i'm gonna go that be a classic... sexy stripper yeah I'm off to Vegas to that paedophile to, to strip a pipeline in full effect <laughs> again. Oh, Which makes sense, right? With with then how she acts and she sort seeks out Karma McLaughlin, who looks a little bit like the creepy priest. True, true. Ah. Makes me sad though because I like Showgirls and I don't want it to be part of this. <laughs> I'm afraid it's part of the Darko universe. <laughs> but then it means that Showgirls is also in the MCU, so I'm back. Yeah. I'm back in. I'm, I'm I full feel like I need I need a whiteboard to like keep track of all of these films. That and it's funny because all of these films are much more related than Donnie Darko. Yeah, <laughs> in every sense of the word. Um, what do we think about like the cast themselves? I guess, like we said about the performances, but felt like... like James Lafferty looked like he had a really good time. I yeah. felt like he was What's enjoying himself. He had a lot to do. I know, don't believe that, that on, man. I don't believe off. that man has ever not only been to war. I don't think that man has ever even slept in a tent. That is a man that is always <laughs> less than two meters away from running water and heating. His hair was too too perfect and his skin was too moisturised. Yeah, he looked young pregnant. and innocent and like he has never seen even an animal die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read that they did, um, they made like different versions of the mask because obviously it was meant to be like this steel thing that was like really hurting him and stuff. Um, and I think they just made, the, like they had like a proper version they had like a plastic version of him to put on but then if he needed to do any movement it would just be like this cardboard version and now i want to look back and see if i can notice there's like not really got much weight to it (laughs) some of it's sort of flapping in the wind like as he's trying to do his job i don't know i didn't notice at the time so maybe i'm being harsh Um, i think what i know like the things that i noticed in it is and this is a bad sign and like so being someone who does like filmmaking stuff and works in that world often people say like oh does that mean when you watch a film you're just noticing all like the technical stuff and i don't i like that's i 
got into filmmaking because I love love watching films. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Starco, I did notice like mm-hmm. I was like, at one point I went, oh, they've got a quite a this must be like a 24 foot jib they've got for this shot <laughs> just sort of like how interesting that must be and that must be a dolly it's going backwards it's not immersive when you lose yourself in a film mm. you're not thinking these are actors this is a story written by someone it's a world that you go into for a couple of hours and then you yeah. leave but this was very much like oh we're watching the result of some people who wanted to remake Donnie Darko and this is it um one of the only good things I could write about this film was it has nice music like the music was okay. Yeah. They tried. Music to, was all right, wasn't it? They, yeah. They the person that did the music was inspired by Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Um. So and that's got more plagiarism. But then it also, but it also uses actual classical music. That's yeah. The main bit that's great, but like you know, they obviously, and we were talking about this on one of our previous episodes about one of the parody films and about how, you know, those two guys, Freeberg and Seltzer don't seem to be fans of cinema or film. Mm-hmm. They just want to take the bits that people it's know. Assembly line care about. It's, yeah, it's like, whereas this, they must really, really love Donnie Darko yeah. to want to do this. But then if you love it, leave it alone. Like Richard Kelly has just told you, like, no. It's a student film with a budget. It's every, like, yeah. I went to film school, I made many a terrible student film. Like, it, it's you you're stupid and you just go well i really like that film so if i do everything yeah, that film did it'll be great you start, and this is... you start with a love of film and therefore yeah. films inspire you to make your own stuff and there's gonna be like you know teething when you're mm-hmm. trying to find your own voice and style and that's where a lot of obviously the auteurs and the really like visually yeah. in your face like that is a edgar wright that is a steven spielberg because they have those bits about them that are theirs they probably they they probably had them quite early, which is why they've managed to break in. But I'm sure they would turn around and be like, "Yeah, but that's inspired by filmmakers yeah. from my generation. I've just made it my own." The problem oh yeah, Edgar like Wright steals so much. They don't so make much. their own. Yeah, they yeah. don't. Edgar Wright steals things everywhere, but he has a voice, and he can. He has a voice, and he repackages it as a yeah. brand, so to speak. Whereas yeah. this is another example of just going copy paste. This is what people, and it's just a running theme with the Spot on One Hundred, where it's just. A lot of cash grabs and it's interesting to talk about that in a time of what's in the cinema at the moment because mm. how do we differentiate between cash grabs and references and remakes and prequels and copies some of them are some of the biggest blockbusters of recent times where people are talking that they should be deserving oscars because they made you go i know that reference Compared to something like this. Look, when he caught her, it made me want to cry. Oh, I know, I know. I cried. But, okay. I, by the by. My mask was ruined. <laughs> it was sodden during... During the catch. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. This, this won't come out for at least a month, so we can definitely be spoiling it by then. Twitter's already spoiled Maybe we should it. just do like a little... little quick... well, 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 let's, <laughs> let's go into... Right, without revealing any... Hopefully not revealing anything too much, but like... Spider-Man Far From Home does explore grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it does it so much better and than with anything such, Starco does. Such mm. small little bursts of it, because you get it with yeah. one of the characters, and then you get it with the other character, who we have so much less screen time with. But you yeah. just know through clever uses of dialogue and a powerful performer, mm. you 
No, it obviously does bank on your knowledge because I went to sleep with my cousin who hadn't seen. We're so far in at this point, you can't really answer. Yeah, she's seen all the MCU ones, but she hasn't seen all the other Spider Man ones. So she didn't get a few of those references. It doesn't take it away from the story, does it? No, she was totally loving it and she was still enjoying it. So even though it does bank on you knowing all of that stuff, it tells you so much so quickly about who means what to who and what these people are going through. And this film doesn't have the strongest performers. It doesn't have a strong script. It doesn't have a strong director. So maybe it's no one specific fault. Maybe they're all just a little bit weak and weak things collapse. Science? The thing is, if you... And we we saw this with Donnie Darko. Sometimes if you love someone or something you have to walk away from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I... they didn't do that with the Donnie Darko franchise. <laughs> These filmmakers should have walked away. They pushed it until it hurt. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, God. <laughs> I watched like 10 episodes of The Office last night. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> five, five. That was I'm bound sorry. to happen. That was bound to happen. Um, but yeah, as you've said, like Richard Kelly has not seen this film. He vows he's nothing to do with it. But if you ever meet Richard another... Kelly, do not bring this no, film up. The man gets very angry. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting because he said, you know, it's nothing to do with me because he lost the rights to the story and the characters when he was 24. And I think that's a really sort of sad sort of example of the industry in that someone who's created something so original... Mm. that's part and parcel of selling your film. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just sell the script and own, you know, sometimes to get things made, which I I don't know, I'm not in that side of filmmaking, like, within the big business side, so I don't know. But I'm sure it happens a hell of a lot that you give up a lot of what would help you, not help you, but be, be more value to you mm-hmm. for your life to own so- that. The most recent one is, um, I've completely banking on her name, but I May Destroy You, who, which was written... Oh, Michaela uh, Cole. Michaela Cole, yeah. She got a much bigger offer from Netflix, but if she went to Netflix, she had to give them some of her rights. And she went, right. no, this is my story. And it's such an intimate personal story as well that she mm. she was lucky. She was able to go to BBC and got it picked up at BBC, but she probably had budget cut. She probably had episodes cut. You know, it probably mm. was not at all, but she... she took that step and said no I want this to be mine she is both lucky it wasn't her first piece but that's obviously a big that probably is a big difference in her life financially that decision and Mm -hmm. not everyone is able to make that decision not most people are given the opportunity to make those decisions so the the industry is fucked well good luck Yeah, not really a surprise to anyone, unfortunately, is it? But the more the more we delve into these films, the more we're like, hmm, interesting. That felt like the end of the podcast, by the way. Yeah, yeah we should just sign off there. No close out, nothing. Just... No, but I do um, feel like that is starting to change because you are getting these kind of multifaceted creators like Michaela Cole who are owning their own shit. They know they're worth. They're not going to get screwed around. The internet we are... is changing with the industry, isn't it? Like yeah. This, yeah. this ability to have your own platform and do your own stuff. And, like, yeah, Netflix wanted me to assign all the rights to me saying never repeatedly. <laughs> and I said, no, I must retain did you, those Did you rights. not say never? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to. <laughs> I wouldn't have forgiven myself. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. And I, I mean, like I say, I mentioned that 
there's sort of like talks about a third Donnie Darko, but I mm. didn't actually um, bring those notes to the podcast. <laughs> um, but last year, I can just see here that uh, Richard Kelly has declared his determination to one day return to the world Ooh. of Donnie Darko. Um, so who knows? And, you know, whether I don't he see will... Jake returning. No. Has Jake ever a done a sequel point. to anything? I know he doesn't tend to do a lot of big franchise stuff anyway. I don't feel Did like Prince he... of Persia, Sands of Time not get a big sequel? <laughs> it was meant to. And I feel like that turned him I off love of franchises. You, I love how you knew that because you're such a big fan. That was filmed just uh, about 20 metres away from my office back, oh, back then. no way. I didn't see Jake ever, though. Oh. I mean, every even time if my girlfriend I... doesn't see him half the time. Oh. Every, every time that I was waiting for the slander. all too well. Hey! <laughs> every time Jake Jim was mentioned on the podcast, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. No, I genuinely really bad. like Jay Gyllenhaal. He's a really like good him. actor. I just don't Apart like him on Taylor Swift's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> on his on a birthday, right? Sorry, I should remember. Yeah. I should yeah. remember. Well, actually, there's an example where you're talking about some a sequel. Sometimes you should stand alone, but uh, you know, if you know what's come before, is even better. Like the moment I knew, mm-hmm. compared to all too well, like those the songs really complement yeah. each other. And, yeah. Yeah. I've still yet to delve into the world of Taylor Swift. So whoa, 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 get involved. I'm trying, I'm trying. I've been trying for a year. Just start with I've... the short film. Just start with the short film. That's what hooked me. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It's a really nice and short film now, as well. I was I'm genuinely a, a little bit a little bit upset it wasn't featured in the Oscar long list. I was like, only because I genuinely thought that's the kind of shit Taylor Swift would do, would be pushed for it to be nominated. So I fully expected yeah. to see it in the long list. I didn't think it would get in the short list or the nominations, but I fully expected her to like send it in and it wasn't there. And I was like, oh, oh surprising. Because I feel like she's going for the EGOT. That's cl- yeah, that's clever. Why actually. else would she be in Cats? A Finally would I'm sorry if she thought back. she was going to get an Oscar from Cats. She needs a reality check. She's a it's singer so who took mad, a role in a musical. That's the only way she'd get in an Oscar is to get fine. in a musical. And Hathaway got one for eight minutes. That's so. I can't. I've been thinking about that genuinely this week. I can't stop. It's just there in my mind constantly. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch yet. it. I can't wait to watch it. I'm really excited. Now it's I on Netflix. Five minutes. <laughs> See, I saw the show. I've seen the stage show, so I do know what I'm getting into. Yeah. So nothing can compare, you know. So you... <laughs> I'll do a drinking game. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I would um... just have ten drinks to start. <laughs> yeah. If you press Set play, ten on. drinks. <laughs> Every time someone sings, a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Every time James Corden comes up, just, you know, get a fishbowl out and just stick your head into a skin. I'm not a James Corden hater. Just, you know, think oh, about yeah. doing his life. I his need life. to do what I need to do. I need to write a list of things that you do and don't like so I remember because mm. sometimes I forget that you're on the other side to me. <laughs> Some of your red gonna... flags. Yeah. I just trigger, trigger points. <laughs> I'm fine with people not liking James Corden because I have plenty of actors and actresses I don't like, but I do think people go a bit far with the like mm-hmm. really aggressive hate. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's just a dude. Like, leave him be. Leave him be. Mm. Shall we? Uh... So you didn't like Tenet as well, right? I just, just, just going over just a couple just, of things. Just dialogue. <laughs> just You're getting paid millions of pounds. Mm. Record your dialogue properly. Oh, so it's interesting because I watched it on Sky the other day. With subtitles? 
No, no. Oh. And because we could, couldn't get it on on Sky because we used it on my boyfriend's app. You can't do it on the app. You can only do it on the box, I think. Um. And um, and I thought it was fine because I had that issue in the cinema and I oh, understood okay. everything that they said. So, well, not everything. I don't understand half of what they said, but I can hear how it's said. <laughs> I just don't yeah. it doesn't compute in my brain. My opinion of Kenneth Branagh as both a director and actor is long storied, and so that my most of my issue was not Gilderoy, him. not Gilderoy. Just you know, I Russian bad man. I do things because I Russian oh, and I bad, and I don't like women because I'm Russian bad guy. That's the whole funny. character. It that's is a, funny. Pre- that's a pretty good impression to be. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's... she's gonna take over your uh, your <laughs> stuff, Stuart. I don't know. Maybe um i wanted to bring up the fact that donnie darko is quite like a cult classic Mm. i don't really know off the top of my head like how it performed when it was released but obviously it has gained popularity Mm -hmm. and you know um so when it was released in the us it didn't do very well at all Mm -hmm. and then it came out here and was like a big like not huge but like a big like indie hit Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. then that, I think, did lead to like a re-release in America or oh, something yeah. like that. And then the DVD, it became like a huge hit on DVD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come on all future episodes and just be in the corner? And when we don't know facts, <laughs> you can just be like, I know. Could be the Richard. As long as it's within podcast. a certain era of films, then it will, yeah. We've yet to delve out of the 2000s. We're too scared. We've not done a single film no, from pre just... the millennium. There's well, just perfect, so many then. of them, isn't there? <laughs> Wasn't it? It was just that there were so many. There were a lot of them, but we are there. also being whips. And, no, and a lot of people that have wanted to do films, the podcast, like the episodes, have mm. picked those. I think mm-hmm. just because of the age range on yeah. we've got on, on the sort of Twitter community and stuff. But we will. We'll get there. And I'm just, yeah, no, you're right. I am scared. I'm scared. <laughs> that's... It was last year when you started this, right? Because that was uh-huh. Viva Rock Vegas, right? Yeah. Because I remember... So our first episode, I believe, came out on the 7th of January or the 9th of January. I remember listening to it whilst out on a very cold, horrible run. <laughs> and it being, like, the only reason why I managed to keep going longer than I was <laughs> sort of intending. Because I was like, I want to keep listening to this. Yeah, so everyone that complains that our episodes are too long, what you need to do is use it for exercise. Yeah, and it will help you. <laughs> exactly. Stop <laughs> complaining, Adam Grundy. <laughs> oh, so you, that, Adam. That, that's who's complaining of course of course i'm i'm just pleased that any kind of critical review of the indie darling flintstones in viva rock vegas mm-hmm. can have any kind of light and brightness in someone's that life. is currently number 99 on the list now it's about to fall off <gasps> yeah. good for them good for them but um Stuart, have you made a Rotten Tomatoes account and given the original Flintstones film a high rating yet? <laughs> no, sure. Uh, you're not allowed no, to leave the podcast until you do it. <laughs> yeah, do it right now. Get off. I haven't. I, I haven't either. <laughs> Honestly, she's a great campaigner, but yeah. <laughs> doesn't follow through. I can't follow through in anything in life. Well, shall we shall we have a bit of a chat about the reception of the film and how it Go went it. down with yes. with critics and audiences? Um, so it's no surprise that uh, the film was largely panned. Um, basically, they talked about the storyline and how it was really muddled, which obviously is interesting coming from a film like this, which isn't straight up easy to digest. Um, but then they mentioned the stuff about the characters being one dimensional and all the dialogue being superficial. And I, I mean, that sums it up for me and what we've sort of said completely 
Um, the AV Club gave the film an F, um, noting that the sequel took a few simple surface elements from Donnie Darko and failed spectacularly in trying to create a franchise. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely Couldn't perfect. really sum it up from there. Um, you'll be pleased to hear, um, Claire, have you looked at the Rotten Tomatoes audience score? I don't. I wait for you to tell me. I, I love it. I love how I have this sort of power to announce. Do we want to Do we want to guess? Is it higher or lower than Based on your Flintstones positive vibes. 1994? I could be throwing you off. There could be curveball. I'm going to go with just genuine honesty and think that you you sound positive. It's going to be lower than the Flintstones 1994. Yes. It is. It's 18%. 18%. Woo. Wow. Um, and critics is 13%. Um, yeah, everyone's just went in saying this is just, you know, that uh, Jordan Hoffman from Ugo or, U- or UGO said, Estarco is, sorry, Starco is a callous <laughs> attempt to cash in on its well-earned appreciation of of the original of the original film. I think maybe we should do a rebrand, kind of like a re-thing and just be like Starco. No one, no one understood it as Estarco, but actually it's because you weren't viewing it how it really is. Oh, so it's Starco. like, it's the opposite of American Psycho 2. Because that film was just a fit. That was just a a slasher film, and then either some point in the middle of filming it, or when it was finished filming, they then decided it would be American Psycho two. Because Mila Kunis is in it and has come out and been like, "I didn't sign up to be an American Psycho two. I didn't know there was any connection. I don't know at what point it was changed, but it was after production had at least started." So they could go back and just sort of like CG out the. Frank's mm-hmm. sort of head and all the rabbit stuff. Well, because I genuinely, about halfway through the film, thought that might have been the case. I thought this might have been a film that was rebranded, like retcons. It, it was a film mm. about two girls in a desert. Maybe it had something to do with time traveling, and then they There's retconned plenty of sequels it. sequels that do but, that. Yeah, but yeah. no, they genuinely were obsessed with Donnie Darko, and just I would have had more respect for it if it was retconned, because that would explain the laziness. But it sounds yeah, like yeah. the guy was yeah. like, "No, I just want to make the same film again." Can I say my favorite? retcon sort of rejigs is uh, Fast Five Fast and Furious Five Mm. uh, was originally the script for the sequel to the remake of The Italian Job which was going to be called The Brazilian Job (laughs) So the Ed Norton Italian Mark Wahlberg Please. Italian what, job who was allowed that name. It's going to be good. The Brazilian job where they uh, drive Mini Coopers in and try to do um, uh, waxing on people without, <laughs> without anyone noticing. <laughs> I assume. Um, and then yeah, then obviously Fast and Furious, which is the fourth of the Fast and Furious franchise was such was not a success so they were like let's reboot it properly let's take this script the brazilian job rejig it get dwayne the rock johnson in Mm. and that's how the entire franchise changed i've never seen a single fast and furious film and i sort of now want to go to my deathbed never seeing one it's sort of become (laughs) a point of like contention like i'm like no i'm just i'm now i'm not doing it but i've always wondered because you see that joke like Oh, it all started with them stealing DVD players. So now you've explained to me how it changed. So thank you. Yeah. I know it was Fast a different film. Five. Yeah, yeah, it was a completely yeah, yeah. different with film. With like a sticker. They might as well had like the original title with a sticker slapped on the top. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I, so disillusioned with the... If I wasn't disillusioned with the film industry before, that is the tiniest uh, straw <laughs> on my back to go... Fuck this I think Fast and Furious Five is a genuine masterpiece. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not this. Not even ironic. I think it's a masterpiece of a film. 
and then everything after that is fine and quite fun everything before that is awful Mm. but fast five oh what what a movie i'm gonna the only way i'm gonna do it is if like i'm somehow forced into it like someone's gonna have to give me like an offer i can't refuse give me a ticket to ireland (laughs) i'm there that's but not we've enough. talked about how important consent is already. Yeah. So, <laughs> Bring yeah, the condom dress. <laughs> yeah, you, you give me that condom dress, I'll consider watching the movies. <laughs> oh, but the God. one from the movie, not just one weird one you make. No, thank you. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't have the time for that. Yeah, you shouldn't reuse a condom dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, now I want to rewatch Fast Five. And, you know, is, that, is that the one with the weird perspective? Or is that a later one? You know, when like Vin Diesel and The Rock are talking to each other, but it makes like one look smaller than the other in the reverse. That might be a later one because this one, maybe they hadn't have gotten their issues by this point. Got their beef. Yeah. I'm enjoying the the film. I'm I'm Team Rock. I'm Team Rock. Yeah, it's difficult to be Team. (laughs) I'm like, don't bring it. It's like, you know, respect someone saying no. Consent is key. He said no. Don't bring your dirty laundry out into the public. Don't bully him. You know, yeah. no one wants toxic family around. They're all about family. Sometimes you've got to leave the toxic members in the past, like S. Darko did in this film, even though she decided oh. to go back to them at the end. Right. Segway. Ooh. Bring it back. Bring it back. Um, S. Egway. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, I've got a really good letterbox that I review that I think everyone's going to love. Oh, um, I wonder if it's someone is... that I have up. <laughs> This is a positive one. I oh, like okay, to look yeah. at the positive ones okay. too um, and try and work out if they're sincere or not. Um, this one, I think, has to be because I'm just so bemused by it. Four stars. Fixes mistakes of first movie. Great watch. Ooh, I saw ooh. this one. Wow, wow, we were. <laughs> that is like a knife in my stomach and it's been twisted. I just had to bring that, that one out. Um, another four star review. Oh, sorry, I didn't say who that was by Embryon. And then a four star review from Michael and Chantiri said, Damn, this did not have to go that hard. <laughs> How? In what aspect? In what aspect did it do anything other than nothing? So, my favorite two, one of them just brought up the best line of dialogue, which I'd, we none of us mentioned, which is oh. a Kanaho oh, Springs yeah. used to be a decent place, then came the drugs and the anal sex, <laughs> which I'd forgotten sorry. that was a line no, in the movie. Anus sex as well. Not even oh, yeah. anus, anus, anus sex. sex. It was anus. Did you say the name of this town again? Canahook? I don't know. Cool. Oh no no, I'm just I'm just putting it into Sky Scanner. So oh, you know. oh <laughs> she was found a new place. Um and then my actual favourite review was a half a star review from Glenn, which is I'm starting to doubt this movie's commitment to Sparkle Motion. Uh, well done, nice. Glenn. Well done, Glenn. Which is um, something I do frequently just say in my normal life brilliant. to people, I and then they look t-shirt. at me like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I want a Sparkle Motion T-shirt. I was going to buy one when I watched Johnny Darko last year, and I got distracted like an idiot. Yeah. Well, I know I what mean... to get you for your birthday now. There was another. There's another two really bad reviews that I've got here. Half a star from Cosmo. I didn't finish it, but I've seen enough. And with you then. And another half star from Ethan Bender. I'm an atheist because I know that no God would ever allow this shit to be made. (laughs) The comedians on Letterboxd these days, we love it. We absolutely love it. We do. Um that's kind of that's kind of it in terms of reviews. It's actually, you know, it's not it's not really like a super super popular. It didn't get theatrical release either though, so that hasn't got Metacritic, like there's no sort of collation. Obviously, you've got, I think it's only got eight reviews posted on Rotten Tomatoes. So 
it's kind of for better or for no for better for better <laughs> kind of snuck snuck under the radar and and just not really you know made much of an impact but it's interesting obviously to see what happens to it um now that there's murmurs about Donnie Darko 3 are coming up and whether it will be un- do you, yeah not think just like Which Avatar I'm... two to six will never happen. Oh yeah, Donnie no, that's Darko just, three will never that's happen. Just, that's just money laundering. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think I will like fall off, fall off my seat when I see a trailer for Avatar two. Trick one. Um, no, the Avatar sequels are actually going to come in the form of NFTs. Did you not hear? Oh, <laughs> that makes so, a lot of sense. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. So I think we should just go ahead. I do this every time. Ratings. I never, pre- I never come prepared. And then what happens, Claire? My rating gets. <laughs> You get skewed by everyone else's opinion, but I think we're pretty much on the same page here with this one. Um, Stuart, do you want to go first and let us know? We do um, out of five stars, but you are welcome to have half stars. We have half stars. You can have fractions uh, if you really want, but no one's really do able. what you want. No yeah. rules, but tell us your rating and whether you think it sort of deserves to be on the on the bottom one hundred. Yes, it deserves there. to be on the bottom one hundred. So we need to put I it back know. on somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to put a bit of effort into this. Um, you know, I'd feel I feel uncomfortable giving stuff star ratings as someone who has been given star ratings before. I <laughs> always fair. think, you know, I have had a one star in the past. Oh, I'm sorry, That's, I, I didn't it feels, mean it. No, it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago, and I still remember the guy's face. Oh. Um, so you don't but, want these these guys have, coming for you. Basically. Have you memorized yeah. his address so that you can, you know? send him some stuff in the post maybe i'll do i'll do another little deep dive and see if i can find him (laughs) um but no i i it is a one-star movie though isn't it it's not there's there's, like i can't think of anything in it that like would push it above like the things that, that stand out to me is like when they're looking through old newspapers and then there's a story about the girl who was decapitated by a falling manhole and there's a photo of a decapitated girl in the newspaper and you're just like that w- nah. just little things like that where you're like that would never be in a newspaper yeah so why have you done there's that there's no there's no one sort of saying let's try and make this make a little bit of sense i know we want to confuse people and like make people think but let's ground this in some sort of reality to to start get people to start in re- in some sort of reality exactly yeah so i can't you know it, it, all the bits in it that are close to being good are direct lifts of the original mm-hmm. and you've got the original so why would you need to and i don't, I don't object to remakes i i think like if you can do something fun or interesting with mm-hmm. it then it's always worth like you just you can just not watch it if you don't yeah want to. exactly exactly um so but yeah I'm it's only it's gonna really star. bring something if you've got something else to say yes and if yeah, what yeah. you're saying is i want more money then it's probably not going to be very good um i was toying with a one and a half because it's kind of where I go to if a film is bad but I enjoy like te- the, those sort of films I tend to go yeah this is shit but I'm having a good time but I didn't have a good time with this so it's definitely one and it's not not quite lower than that compared to some of the other stuff we've watched because this is a film that is made and it is done technically fine um compared yeah, to some of the yeah. other stuff we've cut ourselves through um but yeah it's a it's a one star for me as well Claire I was going to go one and a half, but um, you've all swayed me now. So oh, I'm go one. <laughs> it just, I mean, 
normally to get a one it would have to offend me in some way and like so this yeah. didn't offend me it didn't piss me off i just found it quite dull yeah. and not very good but the stuff about like yeah they, it just does things that humans don't do and then also the whole <laughs> leaving the baby in the cage with no explanation yeah i'm gonna go one okay so get back on that list please yep. i think we should all vote um, on imdb and, and see what we can do um, yep. to get that back up there um, but what will it get rid of? We don't know. Maybe something worse. So we'll see. We'll see if natural order takes its course. <laughs> <and goes back laughs> cool. So the theme of our top three this week, where we get to actually talk about films that we like, um, is time travel movies. Um, and so I've done that we... quite loosely, like time travel, time loops, time things. Time. Because time. Time. Because time. time. Yeah. They're weird depending on the rules and the specific movie. They, that's the thing I think with something like this everything is so everyone everything's got its own law isn't every movie about yeah. time travel <laughs> just forwards <laughs> at a relatively <laughs> mundane pace <laughs> true true Stuart did you have anything uh, your top three that you maybe want to sh- kick off kick off with and let us know what your favorites are well, Terminator, I think, because it's like one of the first proper like grown-up oh. films I watched, mm-hmm. and I like for ages, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know didn't. like a lot was going on because my dad would, um, he'd record movies on VHS for me that he knew I wanted to watch that were on TV, but pause the recording at like anything he thought was too naughty. <laughs> it was never violence; it was always sex. Cause yeah, there's a thought... there is a sex scene in that. I remember watching it with and my it's, family. And being like, it's just I awkward. didn't expect this to happen. It's just not a good sex scene anyway, so he saved you on that front. But it's also extremely significant (laughs) to the plot. Because that's how you find out uh, who Kyle Reese is to John Connor. So I didn't know that for a long time. Oh my god. So was that at that point more confusing than Estarco? (laughs) Yeah, at the time I was like, what a what a masterpiece. So confusing, so much to ruminate on. Oh, my dad stopped recording at certain points. Um, I rewatched Twelve Monkeys recently. I think I that's really myself. great. I haven't seen it, but it always appears on like these lists of like films you must mm. see, and I mm. never do. I feel bad. It's really great and really like it is unlike any movie that was being made. I think in the nineties or like big Hollywood movies, mm-hmm. um, as a Terry Gilliam sort of movie, yeah. and it just looked weird. And that's it's... why I never watch it because I remember it's a Terry Gilliam movie, and I respect him, but I don't like them. So I ah, get put off. Yeah. Brazil is a masterpiece, but Brazil is not for me. So, really? Yeah. I'd say Too 12 much. Monkeys is more Hollywood okay. and is more like of a standard thriller. Okay, but so like, maybe, it'll, it had... maybe it'll be the door. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, and then Hot Tub Time Machine. Brilliant. <laughs> I love that it was just like the full stuff at the end. <laughs> no more to be said. It's a hot tub that's a time machine. Yeah, what if you've you got Craig that? Robinson saying that, then it's a it's a great movie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I bet they saw that in the script and like dollar signs like came up in their eyes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's a brilliant one. Um, I don't know if any of the, I I've not got any of those on my list. No, no, no. My <laughs> first choice is Ryan Johnson's Looper. Mm. Ooh. Um, saw this when it came out in the cinema, just as I was starting to kind of go. I'm just interested in seeing film. I'm interested in cinema as a whole. Like I've spoken on the podcast before about how I've sort of connected that, like my love of film has come from watching films with my dad and things like that. And I think at this point I was like, 
oh, I've got Empire Total Film and there's new films are coming out. And I was starting to be like, oh, I really like those. I loved Joseph Gordon-Levitt at the time. And I was like, this looks really interesting. This looks like something different for him and Bruce Willis. So I watched it and absolutely loved it. Um, Bar maybe Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Bruce Willis makeup. But, you know, (laughs) they tried. It's just one of of those things where it's like, I'd love to know who decides when to use prosthetics and makeup to make the younger or older person look more like the actor. Because Mm. in every film you, well, not every film, but in most films you have flashbacks of people at different stages in their life where you use different actors and people just go, okay. Sometimes I go, that looks nothing like them. How would they recognize them now? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. But no, (laughs) I just felt like it was a really cool, really slick, interesting sort of thriller action action thriller kind of thing and what they use time travel for i thought was just really cool and different i suppose so that's my first choice cool um i'm going basic white bitch and i'm going the time traveler's wife starring eric banner and rachel mcadams because it is one of my all-time favorite movies it's one of my favorite books i read the book after the film though um i love love i love dramas Rachel McAdams. I love Eric Banner. That guy is hot. He spends a lot of time kind of naked in this film. Um, what did you lead, say it was called? No, <laughs> the lead <laughs> character is called Claire. It just was ticking everybody oh. box. I remember seeing the trailer in the cinema and the minute the first trailer came on, I was like, I'm sold. I'm in. I remember going to see it in the cinema I and crying. I was there with my boyfriend at the time and I had a nice little cry and he kind of was like, they're there. I was like, oh. And then um, we went to leave and there was like a girl behind us who was like hysterical, like hysterical. And I was like, oh, okay, like it was sad, but oh my gosh. And she was, um, the book, however, when I finished the book, I was hysterical finishing the book. Um, but yeah. Was she a time traveler's wife? Is that what happened? Maybe that's what really hit her. <laughs> yeah, she did. She just felt it all. She had it all in her, in her heart. Um, but yeah, if no one's seen it, it is about a girl who meets a guy and she knows him though she's like i've known you my whole life and he's like i've never met you before and he has this thing where he can't help but time travel it's like a disease so whenever he gets stressed he time travels and so does he at one point when they're getting off just does he go oh oh my god i'm so sorry that normally never happens he he disappears in the middle of sex numerous times in the film sorry in the book in the book not in the film i think it happens once in the book in the film in the book he it happens a lot. There's also oh my god! It's nothing to do with you. It's nothing. It's not to do with you. <laughs> do you want to know the most disturbing thing? Because they're remaking it. I think it comes out this oh. year. It's a TV program, maybe. It's getting a remake. Okay. I'm, I'm sure it's like a mini series, because um, one of the most disturbing scenes in the book, oh. he has this. Um, it, it he gets it from trauma. His mum dies, and it triggers like a PTSD type thing. And then whenever he's stressed, he time travels. But he, when he starts to figure it out, at one point, he. Um, he time travels as a teenage boy back like two weeks back to his teenage bedroom and um, gives himself a blowjob <gasps> and then his dad walks in <laughs> and sees two what? of it what genre is this book like drama <laughs> so me and the it's sk- weird <laughs> i thought it's that when he time traveled he would be in the body of himself no no past. no he moves around oh my God, so there's time. how many odd Eric Banner's everywhere. So at one point that becomes a thing because she's like, I don't know which one of you I'm sleeping with. Are you my Mm. you or are you old you or future you? Listen, there's a lot more to this film than I expected. So I'm interested (laughs) to watch this now. 
And yeah, me and a girl were in line with like saying, "Do we think they'll put that scene in the miniseries?" <laughs> like, because people are like it's oh, not yeah. a faith. The film's not a faithful adaptation. I was like, I was kind of relieved that they, some of it wasn't that's a faithful what they were adaptation. Campaigning for. That's yeah. why it is weird that. when a, a, a film or book or TV show has its own porn parody within it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, a new level. That's a new level. Uh, so that's my one. <laughs> I my I'm just shocked by that. That's not how I what I expected from that film. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'm not really doing mine in any order. I'm doing them from like based on what I want to keep on my list, and not not you yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But but you've influenced me off of my list. I'll tell you what what else was on there afterwards, like honorable mentions that mm-hmm. on the subject. But I'm gonna go for another Rachel McAdams in a time travel. That was my universe. second film. There's four, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got I saw a okay. tweet earlier. <laughs> Which it's one about are you time. For? It's about time. Yeah. You've taken my number two. Just, oh, it's just so sweet. It's just so sweet seeing Donald Gleason like come out of the cupboard like every time. He's so tall and he's like, oh, time travelled again. But it's just Isn't really that was about grief, that film. So that film is like really, really special to me to just bring everyone mm. down. Is that I watched yeah. that like a couple of months after my dad died and like the mm. scene before his dad dies where he goes back to a child and they walk along the beach like even talking about it i get a bit like i did it's one of the nicest to simplest depictions of grief that i've seen done because the whole film is about it it's like a really small subplot in the film but it's handled so beautifully Mm -hmm. exactly well then can we also go into that the hug in spider-man far from home oh oh Oh, my god that wrecked me yeah (laughs) because it's 10 seconds of no dialogue but just like that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh. it just goes to show you don't have to go above and beyond to do these things. Like keep them simple. Mm. Like and you I just think, have yeah. to be able to write characters that are human beings, and that was the central flaw of this film. You need to, yeah. You need to be able to see yourself in people, right? And that's yeah. how you. That's how you get that emotional connection. You don't have to tell yeah, yeah. people or show people. You just they feel it. And about time, it's just a very, very lovely. And despite it being super sad, it's just a very comforting, mm-hmm. lovely, wholesome film as well. And there's like little things from that sometimes that I remember, like how he would would live a day and then rewind that day and mm-hmm. and kind of know what's going to happen and and have those initial reactions and then kind of just well he was training to be a lawyer barrister I think and he would spend the first day the first time of the day going being really stressed and you know just letting himself be and stuff but then he would relive it and see the beautiful moments and like have fun and like and it's just a nice sentiment to sort of take away from that and there's the interesting subplot with his sister mm-hmm. um and like um how changing things affects your own life and your choices about what it has rules and, and yeah how things have to happen because that means other things happen mm-hmm. yes yeah, yeah, yeah it's just it's in consequence and you know mm-hmm. choice and things like that but all, all, all in all it's lovely and the scene where him and um i don't know their character names can't remember but when him and rachel mcadams when they meet in the when they meet in the Going restaurant, it's like a it's a it's like a eating in the dark thing. Mm-hmm. It's just such a, like an interesting, different kind of scene that's told through the the you know the form of cinema so well. But yeah, just like little scenes like that where it's just you know it's all dialogue and you're seeing these people like meet for the first time, mm-hmm. and you don't see them, you just mm-hmm. hear them, and it's just like a lovely little. 
little thing. Like Richard Curtis knows what he's doing, doesn't he? So mm-hmm. he does. He did it again. He did it again. <laughs> so that's my second one. Second choice. Cool. Um, so that was going to be my second film. So I will now switch. No, that's fine. I couldn't have both Rachel McAdams, and I don't want Doctor Strange. Um, <laughs> what's the fourth? the other one? I thought they were already. I saw three. it earlier, but I can't yeah, remember I now. Mm. I thought they were already three. Um, so my other one, is, uh, my second one is going to be Happy Death Day, um, oh, which is time so... looping. Was that going to be yeah. yours? <laughs> Sorry, Daisy. That's fine. You can have it. Um, that's fine because neither of you That's what the subs for. Yeah, that's what our subs are for. We've bought a sub bench. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, Happy Death Day. I love a good teen slasher. Um, it's just super fun. It plays with the Groundhog Day trope amazingly. It has some great jump scares, but it really teeters that balance of horror and comedy that a lot of other films don't teeter. Um, <laughs> I've complete, I can't remember anyone's name today, but the actress is absolutely amazing, and I can't believe she's not become bigger. Like, I know she's mm. been consistently working, but she, I thought she would have blown up a bit more, but I guess people yeah. don't take horror as seriously as they should. Um, but I just remember seeing it in the cinema being absolutely like, what a brilliant film, exactly what I want from that kind of movie and that genre. Yeah. And great fun. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about it, because it's Jessica brilliant. Jessica Roast. Yes, Jessica Roast. Yeah, that's it. Roast. She had a really small part in La La Land, didn't she? She, was she did. She Housemates did the dance number with Emma Stone. And it's she really was... I rewatched that back and I recognise each of the other yeah. like actresses. I'm like, oh, you're in other stuff I've seen now. It's just weird how you've got this tiny little part, but obviously yeah. it's a huge film that yeah. you would get people of that. But yeah, I'm interested to see what she does next because she's really, really like sort of engaging lead mm-hmm. actress. I was a bit disappointed with the second one. I felt like it just retreaded stuff a little bit too much for me. I, my disappointment with it, with it was that I wanted it to be another horror and it went sci-fi instead, but once yeah. I got on board with it being sci-fi, I was actually, okay, I'm really enjoying this. It yeah. just took me a fun. moment to pivot. Yeah, I think that's the same with all films for me. If I go in with an expectation, I'm not going to like mm-hmm. it, whereas if I rewatch it knowing what it is, then I... Yeah. Um, funny, you've mentioned my last one in your description for this film because my last choice is Groundhog Day <laughs> um, the one that started it all Bill Murray what more do I have to say a groundhog Bill Murray a groundhog <laughs> yeah it shows that's it that's it don't need to can I be deeply honest and say I've never you seen all of Groundhog like... Day oh. what I've seen well, some you, of don't, it. you don't need to because it just repeats itself over and I think, over I think over that's really why I've just never bothered going back because I know how it ends so yeah. I've never watched it start to finish just sometimes on and I'll watch a bit of it and then when well, I'll, I'll say, go I'll say t- two things to convince you. Bill Murray, Groundhog. <laughs> okay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I don't think I need Hopefully to. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the bit and say I'm not gonna add any more than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I had a few choices. Um, but I'm going to go with the basic one and I'm going to do Avengers Endgame, mostly because I was watching it while setting up for the podcast, so it's very fresh in my mind. Um, that is America's it, ass. <laughs> <laughs> you forget, because I originally, when I first saw it, I saw it in a double bill with um, Infinity War, and Infinity War is my favourite Marvel Ooh. movie. It's one of my favourite movies, second favourite um, superhero movie, um, and I absolutely love Infinity War watching Infinity War and then immediately watching Endgame made me really not like Endgame because I wanted Infinity War 2 and it's not, it's a completely different film it's its own thing, I remember thinking it was fine but I kind of rated it a little bit lower than I probably should have done because any time I rewatch it I'm like god this is a really good movie mm. I think it's very long so at first I struggled with that kind of three part structure but once you're on board again it's that expectation thing 
every time I rewatch it, I'm like, actually, this is brilliant. And the pairings are really clever. And so much stuff that shouldn't yeah. work does work. And yeah, it is kind of fan servicey, but I didn't feel like it was like fan servicey to sell me stuff. I felt like it was fan servicey in a like goodbye celebratory way. Exactly. Um, it was done because we had got to that point. Yeah. It had been earned through yeah. all of that stuff. Like they weren't trying like to sell me a dead to Tony Stark. <laughs> I don't think I will. I was saving up to watch it tonight. <laughs> I'm so, so, so sorry, Stuart. Oh. Did you not see the massive billboards about bring back Tony Stark back to life? Yeah, that's like oh. the biggest way to spoil a film, right? <laughs> bring back Tony Stark back to life. a character death, like, my God. Um, fans are stupid. Fan- fandoms are dumb. Yeah. They really, really <laughs> are. As a collective, yeah. just fandoms. I'm Sorry, I don't I'm really upset. <laughs> no, that's right. I don't really like time travel stories. I tend to zone out the minute time travels all into a really? It's not for me. I'm um, the opposite. Which is why Time yeah. Travel's Life and About Time would be two of my favourite ones. And even Happy Death Day, because they're not really super science-y, time travel sci-fi. They're very kind of drama that just... Your brain. Yeah, so I think that's also why originally I wasn't that into Endgame, because it's like, ugh, time travel. But once you get on board, it's fun. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like, every time I rewatch it, I really like... Names fallen out of my head. Karen Gillan's character. Nebula. Nebula. I really like her storyline where there's two of her existing in the same thing, but That's they kind cool. of share a brain. I found that really clever, and I just love Nebula. So, mm-hmm. good stuff. Good stuff. What did I you have? We have to bring up the fact that none of us have said back to the future though right oh no that's what i was gonna say because oh, i know i know claire and i've already used back to the future on one of my daisy versus claire's so yeah. i decided you're not, not allowed to... to reuse them did we did, well was that I, we didn't say that oh but i okay. thought for the good of the for the greater good oh yeah we should try <laughs> and mix things up a little bit yeah so okay. on my bench which i had just in case you happen to take all other four of mine, which you would never have been able to, um, <laughs> was Back to the Future and Donnie Darko because it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it has and to be said. It has to be said. I'm on I'd record say... for not loving Back to the Future. We discussed it in our first episode. I didn't watch it well, until I was in my late twenties. If you don't, don't have the nostalgia, it doesn't mean anything. I would... <laughs> <laughs> I would say Back to the Future and Jurassic Park are the two perfect scripts. I love Jurassic Park. And actually, I watched Jurassic Park in the same year I watched Back to the Future, and one of them I love, and one of them I might like, meh. Jurassic Park I love. Mm. Well, oh, such a shame heavy. that you have to go through your life being so wrong. <laughs> so I, I've gone through my life with being so wrong. I'm far used to it. I've said far worse. I'm going to turn into one of those. It's weird that Back to the Future doesn't have quite the toxic fan culture. that It does. Uh, does it? Oh. It does. Oh, I think yeah, from you, it, actually, from your perspective. Yeah. I've been... Yeah, you don't see it until you have an opinion that isn't, this is the best film I've ever made. Which is why yeah. I always have to preface it the minute I say I'm not, like, I don't think it's bad. I just don't, doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, and yeah. I have to preface it with, I didn't watch it until I was in my mid 20s, like instantly. You should, you should, every time you post something like that, you should post the gif of Spike Lee going, it's just not my cup of tea. <laughs> running off. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly my opinion of the film. That's it's just it, not my yeah. cup of tea. Yeah, uh, my extra ones were Palm Springs, the recent mm. film. Oh yeah, um, that was great. Mm-hmm. I really liked that, and then the Lego Movie too, just because it has catchy song. This song's gonna get stuck inside Is your it, head. I can't because now you just made me think of everything's awesome, and I'm not happy about it. So most people, I think the Lego Movie is one of the greatest films ever made. I really like the Lego Movie. Yeah, I love Lego Movie too. Lego Movie two has a 
No, but I like okay. almost as much. But Lego Movie Two has a reputation of being a very bad sequel. People, it didn't oh. really do very well in the cinema. Didn't it? Didn't get bad critic reviews, but everyone was like, it's not as I good think as the first. Just, the Lego Movie is such a lovely contained story, mm. considering what it ends up being about. The, the Lego um, Movie Two then, is a musical. Oh, oh well. But then obviously you've got Lego Batman, which I think is the way that there was a smart way to go mm-hmm. yeah. um, mm. with that. But like, like I said, I haven't seen Lego Movie 2 and I didn't know yeah. anything to do with time travel. So maybe I'll It does. Time travel is a very key plot point. Interesting. Cool. All right. So unless anyone has anything else to say about Starco and uh, Shall we go <laughs> through a portal and, and do it all again? Just yeah. start from the beginning? Um, my tiny whiny whiny thing is taking me away from my laptop so I think my, <laughs> my predisposed free will is telling me that the answer is no oh look it's just unplugged my mic <laughs> okay cool so that's about everything we have to say um, about S. Darko but obviously as always we want to hear what the listeners have to say have you seen it are you going to give it a go now what do you think about Donnie Darko? Um, and does it deserve a place to go back on the bottom 100? Yeah. Um, so let us know. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. I just realised what you said, Stuart. I was so busy. Like, <laughs> no, we, both had, we both had bits we were doing. <laughs> You've got to keep it running to the end. Got to keep it running to the end. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WRatedPod and on Letterbox at W Rated. Stuart, do you want to let us know where um, and all the listeners can find you and if there's anything you sort of want to shout about that you're up to at the moment that we can check out? No. <laughs> Perfect. Claire? <laughs> Are you we've sure, gone through a ta- We've gone through a time portal and we've gone back and I've asked the same question again. Do you want another go? Okay, fine. Just, I don't know, just Twitter type in my name and then see what comes up. Oh, no, actually... It would be if people do this is like a podcast that will have people who will have IMDb accounts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a, a series that came out on Prime last year yes. called Brave New World, and it would be nice if so you got some more ratings on, on IMDb. So like rate and like review. good ones as well. Say the name. Yeah, not bottom one hundred material. Yeah, yeah. Like, good good it's, good ratings, guys. It's called Grave New World, and I believe that things like that because uh, that's links to the prime and any reviews on prime and mm. stuff is is useful for like the algorithms okay. to serve it to more people right but it's a night it's a fun um webs like comedy uh show about uh coming out of a pandemic which i raced to get out last april because i thought we were coming out of a pandemic. <laughs> no. um, and it's got a great cast of comedians <laughs> including people like james acaster harriet mm-hmm. kemsley bobby mayer um, yeah I'm looking forward very, to very checking good. that out and it, yeah that's amazing how uh, you know the pandemic tricked you in that way but <laughs> there's, that, that's going to be a whole new way of viewing your series yeah, exactly. now because I we can haven't... keep on promoting it <laughs> yeah yeah see if it ever see if it's predicted right yeah. uh, when we do end up coming out of it um, and Claire where can we find you yeah uh, Claire Ellen Hope Claire without an I Twitter Instagram living my life doing stuff <laughs> in Ireland maybe if you fancy it you never know what i'm doing like once again i'm moving house this week how many times in the run of this podcast have i helped move house why am i always moving houses i don't know it's just just something you like to do i guess a hobby for yourself genuinely it's it's a form of time travel it's like i paid good money for a game called unpacking and literally all you do in the game is unpack someone's house and i played it four times through I don't understand this. I don't understand these like simulator things. I saw someone said that their dad said he had to go and cut some grass and then went on like 
lawnmower simulate simulator or something. I've got goat simulator because you know I can't be a goat. Mm. But, but you are the goat. Hey. Hey. And on that note. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, um, please do follow and subscribe. Um, give us a rating and review if you'd be so kind. And we hope you join us um, for the next episode where we take on our next worst rated movie. See you then.